a modern-day exorcist, Rachel Stavis, up next on the Paranormal Podcast. This is the Paranormal Podcast with Jim Harold. Welcome to the Paranormal Podcast. I am Jim Harold, and so glad to be with you today. And we have a great guest with us. Today, you will see her on the screen, Rachel Stavis. She's a world-renowned exorcist with a non-denominational approach dedicated to banishing darkness. Now, she does it one individual and one location at a time. Now, her best-selling memoir, we're going to bring it up on the screen here, Sister of Darkness, the Chronicles of a Modern Exorcist, has been featured by the New York Times, Cosmopolitan, Bustle, The Daily Mail, Refinery29, and many others. In 2021, she hosted the Tubi program Celebrity Exorcism, joined by stars such as Char Jackson, Meta World Peace, and Jody Sweden. Based in Los Angeles, Rachel's journey spans across clients of all ages and varying degrees of complexity. Her work has served over 10,000 individuals throughout the U.S. and internationally. We've spoken to her before. So glad to have her on the show again. Rachel Stavis, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us again. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, wow, 10,000. That's, that's a big number. Sometimes yeah, it blows me away. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's, that's <laughs> a lot of people for sure. Now, as I understand it, Rachel, you kind of had an inkling you had these gifts early on, but you maybe you pushed it back a little bit. Is that right? Can you talk us through that? Sure, yeah. So when I was a kid, you know, I complained about monsters under the bed and monsters in the closet, like probably every kid does. And parents would come in and they would say, there's nothing there. But for me, it never went away. So, uh, you know, I tried to suppress it because I found out later that not everybody had that sight. They couldn't see entities in the way that I did. Uh, and that was kind of crazy. <laughs> so I didn't talk about it ever again and grew up and tried to be normal. And then, you know, had a very stressful week when I turned 30 and had a fender bender and it was just like one stressor too many. And at that point, my sight just blew open. And I always say, you know, the the person who was standing on the corner who was screaming at nothing, um, I could see what they were screaming at and it just, it was everywhere. And at that point, instead of trying to shut it all down again, I just tried to lean in even further and open it up and that led me here. Now, as someone who is about as psychic as a board, me, <laughs> uh, talking to someone like you who has these gifts, what I'm always interested when I talk to people with spiritual gifts, what they see, what they experience, is it a clear audience, clear sentient, where do you come into that? What do you experience? What do you see? Uh, well, I can see entities with my eyes. So uh, it, it's pretty plain for me visually. Um, it depends on what we're talking about, though. Like, so with entities, usually, depending on the entity, I'll get um, certain sounds like electricity popping um, that will come in. And if it's deceased people, I'll get a lot of emotions pushed through me. So I, I kind of get the whole <laughs> spectrum, I guess. Now, uh, is this something you can turn off? I often wonder if you've got those gifts and you go to the grocery store and, hey, you just want to pick up a loaf of bread. You're not <laughs> really interested in spiritual enlightenment at that particular time. Is that something you can turn on and off or it's just constant for you? 
You know, it depends. Um, it depends on how strong something's coming through. So for me, I do try to turn it off in crowds, especially at like concerts or movies or, um, you know, restaurants. But, you know, even in movie theaters, like I'm watching the movie and I can see the entity that's attached to the actor. <laughs> so wow. it sort of takes you out of the story sometimes, unless it's a horror movie, which then it's fine. It's just kind of part of the background. So I was going to ask you about this uh, at some point, but not only can you see these things as they're happening, if you're in the presence of someone, I was going to ask you if you could see it electronically, if you're on a Zoom call or Skype or whatever. Oh, yeah, everywhere. If you can see it. Uh, but you can see it retroactively in the sense that if you watch a recording of someone, you can you can tell. That's that's amazing. Talk to us about that, if you would. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what you know the reasoning is other than I see entities with my eyes, right? So if there's an entity attached to someone at the time, I can see the entity. So for me, you know, it's even in photos. Like people try to send me photographs all the time. Because I say that, I can yeah. see it in photos. So I'll just get random photos sent to me like, hey, do I have an entity? And it's like, listen, I can't, I can't tell everybody. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's just kind of a weird thing I have. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, I'm, well, I, do you think it's a gift? I mean, is it a gift or is it a curse or is it a little bit of both? <laughs> Definitely when I was younger and I was told that this is, you know, uh, delusional because, you know, this is how people react. They just do. Um, I, I thought I was weird. So it felt much more like a curse to me because not only was I weird, but I was seeing all these scary things. And at the time there wasn't anything that I knew to do about it. Mm -hmm. So it just seemed like a strange, terrible thing to have. But now that I'm able to help people with it, I feel like it's much more of a gift for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so attachments, I was looking at some of your materials before the interview and you said that a very high percentage, I was astounded, a very high percentage of people have attachments attached to them. Uh, could you tell us about that? Because when I heard that figure, I, I was blown away. Yeah, so it's really not that uncommon. Uh, it's definitely not as uncommon as people think, but it's not all movie style entities either. You know, that's that's a specific type of entity. Uh, most people are walking around with what I call Clives and it's, you know, not scientific. I call them that because they look like Clive Barker drawings to me. Um, <laughs> you know, that's these are how I name things. Uh, but yeah, so that is kind of what is considered to me like the, you know, the leech of the entities, if you will, like the the smallest and the easiest to pick up. And they just kind of augment um, any kind of negative feelings. You know, if, you, if you're sad, you're depressed. If you have anger, you have rage. It just kind of does that. It's like a little amplifier. And a lot of people are walking around with that. Tons of people. If, as I say this, I'm sure you can think of people you know who you're like, oh, wait. I think I think that person right. has one, you know, um, and they're also easy for people to get rid of because the minute you start working on yourself, they kind of have less to feed on. So, you know, it, people pick them up and get rid of them on their own quite a lot and never know they had it. So you talked a little bit about the types of entities. I think that most people assume, OK, you have an attachment. That means that you have a demon on your back, you know, and it's <laughs> nefarious and so forth. Can you sure. talk to us about the different kinds of entities that can be attached 
and maybe kind of a little bit about what is the most, we talked about a little bit there, but the most common in the different types. So the clives are most common and they're, like I said, this, the smallest, if you will, the, the least um, malignant, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it starts to go up from there. So we have uh, wraiths who unfortunately attach, you know, through any kind of um, sexual trauma. And those are the ones that cause night terrors and sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. You have tricksters, which are a little more advanced, which make people believe that they're, uh, they have a, a symbiotic relationship. So those right. are the ones who are like imaginary friends, archangels, deceased loved ones that feel off, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and they will show themselves to people, but as the thing that they think they are. And mm-hmm. it goes all the way up to realm walkers, which I think is what people consider the devil. Um, but there's more than one realm walker on the planet, unfortunately. And those are the ones that can do absolutely everything that everything below them can do plus hold whole spaces you know um hold people attract people to the spaces everything so you know a lot of times i've i've talked to my new age friends and they say well there's no such thing as evil there's a lower level of vibration and i've always been one and said oh, i think about people like Dahmer and Hitler and people like that. And to me, it's obvious that evil is real. Does that mean every time, uh, you know, you hear a leaky faucet that there's a demon downstairs? No, but I, I personally <laughs> believe evil is is different, but uh, is different, is real. But as uh, an expert such as yourself, I'm just a guy who asks questions. What do you think? Is evil real? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, I see it in my practice all the time. Certainly not everything is bad that I work on. I help people conceive. I help people with addiction. I help people with a lot of things that are not as extreme as that. But I do also see the other side of that, too. And there are some people who are worse than their entities. Let's just put it that way. Now, um, in terms of the trickster, in fact, I literally had it written down on my little card here, trickster, because I was going to ask you about that. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it, to me, it seems like, uh, you know, and I, I think in, in watching and listening to some of your material, you believe that our beloved loved ones can't come back to us. But I also would think that if there's a not such a good um, entity out there, uh, a trickster entity, that boy, a convenient way to get entree to a person is to say, hey, I'm Aunt Edna, and I'm so glad to see you, and let me let me build this relationship with you. How common is that, and how can we protect ourselves against that and still be open to communicating with good spirits from the other side? Sure, yeah. I mean, it is fairly common, unfortunately, but people need to start trusting their feelings because there's no way to hide the malignant feeling of Uh, an entity. So it definitely doesn't feel like Aunt Edna. So don't go by just what you see. Go by what you feel because that energy doesn't lie. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, demons or entities in particular are what people think are demons, right? So they're not deceased. They cannot be deceased loved ones. I know they can take on the form, but they they cannot be. So in other words, deceased people and entities are totally different things. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's reassuring. That That is reassuring. <laughs> now, um, 
I've got to ask you this because you're kind of billed as a world famous exorcist. Certainly 10,000 people would put you into that category. But some people, when they hear the word exorcist, they think, oh, that is somebody that's got the stamp of approval from the Catholic Church who is either ordained or they are kind of uh, given uh, certification of sorts by the Catholic Church. How do you qualify yourself as an exorcist? Because I know somebody will be wondering that. Uh, how, how does that work, if you can explain that? Well, firstly, let me say that I have worked with the church before and I have worked with priests before. So I, I do have at least a certain amount of respect there. Sure, sure. Uh, but, you know, going back even further, we have this very strange idea about Catholicism and exorcism. And I think that's because that's all you ever see on screen. Right. But that's the not the whole, right. But, but it's not the whole thing. I mean, we, sure. there are, you know, many cultures that have been performing exorcisms that mm -hmm. are not, you know, Catholic or Christian even um, for, for so long. Um, so it isn't just, you know, one thing, I guess, is what I'm saying. There are like many, 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 many different places and cultures that do that. Uh, for me, it's, I, I, kind of go by what spirit tells me. So I have a connection to high beings. I have a connection to spirit, to source, whatever you want to call it. And that's where I get my information from. So, you know, as soon as I opened myself up even further uh, from, you know, just seeing all this negative in the world and just seeing all the dark things, I was able to let in a lot of the light things. And that's where I am ordained, if you will. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, let me ask you this. Um, something I know that does come up. And first of all, I believe in the supernatural. I believe in possession. I believe people can be possessed by spirits. I'm on board. I also think, though, when we're in this space, we have to be cognizant of mental health issues. There Absolutely. are some people who have mental health issues who think they're possessed and they're simply schizophrenic or, or, or you know, I, <laughs> I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but you get the idea. So um, I gather that's very important to you as well. So how do you kind of suss that out? How does that work? Well, for me, it's actually quite easy because I can see entity with my eyes. So they either have it or they don't, you okay. know. Um, and, but if you I, I should say, too, that. Um, Mental illness and and attachment, unfortunately, you know, are not mutually exclusive either. You can have both as well. I mean, how entity even attaches in the first place is its energy, right? So we we're talking about um, lower vibrational things, right, which we've already touched upon today. So there's high beings and low beings and everything in between, right? And when we are walking around with what I call our baseline frequency, how we interact with others, how we speak to ourselves, how conscious we are of everything, all of those things. You know, if if we're on a scale of one to 10 and one is dead and 10 is Buddha, you know, most people are at like a four, <laughs> right? And so the the more we work on ourselves, the higher that that goes, but that takes time. When we have trauma, that energy takes a hit and now we are in lower frequency and that's how these energies attach in the first place. So if someone's going through any kind of trauma or crisis, unfortunately that makes us more susceptible without the proper tools of how to, how to protect ourselves from those things. Um, so, how, I mean, 
you're kind of steeped in, well, not kind of, you are steeped in this. You, you know, you're, you're a master of this. But for the average person out there, how can we protect ourselves from the tricksters and maybe even the more sinister entities that might want to attach us? I mean, is it, for example, a good idea to play with a Ouija board? Um, and, 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 and other types of divination things. Are there certain things we should avoid? Is some of that overblown? How can we, as just regular folks who believe in the supernatural, how can we, uh, how can we protect ourselves? I don't think there's really anything that you, you shouldn't do. Like, I know Ouija boards are like a whole big thing. Um, some people have had situations that are bad. I mean, just, I, I just say, look, ask for protection in doing anything and don't mess with things that you don't understand. Like, you know, if you're getting something off the Internet that says that this summons a demon, just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it, you know, because um, you don't know. You never know. I mean, I've had clients who are that exactly. Um, so for me, it's just about the best protection that you can have. And you're going to laugh because it sounds ridiculous is you just need to be a better person. Like, make sure that you're working on yourself. Make sure that you're raising your vibration by doing, I have a 30-day connection to spirit. You can do that, does that literally in 30 days. But aside from that, just be kind to people. Be thoughtful. Be conscious of the world around you. That actually protects you. The higher your vibration goes, the less there's something to feed on. That's it. That makes a lot of sense to me. A very interesting discussion with Rachel Stavis today, and we'll be back on the Paranormal Podcast right after this message. The Paranormal Podcast is brought to you by Grammarly, and when it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you and me from start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology you can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most. Now, this is really important. I want you to know this. I have been using Grammarly for years, way before they ever sponsored this show, and I'm still a paying customer today. I typically use it with my newsletter. Sometimes I use it with emails to make sure I've got the right tone. And I'm, and no matter what piece of writing I run through it, it is better because I've run it through Grammarly. Even when I think, ah, I've got this one nailed, Grammarly won't make any suggestions because it's so beautiful. And it always does. And it's right. And it's very, very useful around the spooky studio. And if they quit advertising tomorrow, I would still use Grammarly. Now, let's say you're stuck with writing at work. Grammarly can help you get started with ideas, outlines, and even tips. Let's say that you were given an assignment and there was this video produced and your company was going to put it online and they wanted 10 possible titles. You could use Grammarly to help you generate it. Maybe you need to just polish your writing like I use it. You simply select the text you want to rewrite and give Grammarly a prompt like shorten it, improve it. Uh, it's just a great way to improve your writing. And uh, the thing that I love about it is that it is there. It's your helper. It's not doing your work for you, but it's helping you. For example, need to draft an important email and don't know where to start? Grammarly has suggestions to jumpstart your writing. It really is a great writing partner. And the best part is, is that it's free to use. Start being more productive at work. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. And we thank Grammarly for their support of the Paranormal Podcast. 
If you love the Paranormal Podcast, be sure to check out Jim Harold's Campfire, where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories of ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and terrifying encounters. Find it for free wherever you listen to this podcast. Tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire today. Now we return to the Paranormal Podcast. We're back on the Paranormal Podcast. Our guest is world-renowned exorcist Rachel Stavis, and we're so glad to have her. Rachel, I know that you hosted that uh, celebrity uh, program, uh, Celebrity Exorcism, it says over here. Yeah, Celebrity Exorcism uh, a few years back and, and dealt with some celebrities. And if I understand correctly, in your practice, you deal with celebrities uh, along with regular folk. Now, here's something I've always wondered. Um, in terms of haunted places, I think of places like haunted theaters being uh, very, very prominent because my feeling is is that show people, and I've been around a few show people in my day, they seem to be type A personalities mainly. They To me, they seem to be a little high strung, um, but I also think they're great. It's not an insult, but they tend to be high energy, very emotional, at least in my experience. Um, do you find that to be the case? And do you find it that that maybe leads to more attachments or more of these kind of intrusions, so to speak? Is that your experience? I mean, yes and no. I think a lot of the time, well, two things. I think the the uh, bigger the celebrity, the, the more people they affect. And so there are entities that are looking for that. They're looking to mm. attach to someone who can affect large crowds. Um, so I actually see a lot of musicians for things like that. Uh, but... You know, I think at the end of the day, it's still about trauma, you know, and people forget that uh, celebrities still have a lot of trauma. <laughs> you know, right. it doesn't no no one's, you know, immune to that. No one's immune to whatever. Like, I, it's so fascinating to me with people's uh, celebrity cultural ideas, because there's this fascination with celebrities and the idea that they have everything because they have money or they do glamorous things or they go certain places or whatever. And they're the ones who have the most problems, like honestly, out of all the people I see, more problems than you can imagine. So I think because of that and because people want so much of them and because they're they're so public, they just they do get attachment. It's interesting, and I won't get the quote right, but I'm sure you've seen it. Jim Carrey talked about this, about celebrity, and he said, you know, um, Many times people get, you know, all the fame you can get and think it will fix you. And then <laughs> yes. once you get it, you find out it does not fix you. You have whatever problems you have before. That's the gist of it, I think. It's not a direct quote. No, so, totally. Uh, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, I think of like Elvis. He might still be alive if he continued to drive that truck. Um, I, 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 I mean, just, yes, yeah, go it, ahead. it's go true. Ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, like, I... In my practice, I see celebrities who are major, major celebrities who can't really go anywhere, right? And so people don't realize what that's like. It, it's like, yes, you have a nice house, <laughs> right? But you can't leave it. Like they can't just go to, I don't know, Target to blow off right. steam or get stuff. Like they're they're kind of caged in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's it's difficult. It's not as easy as people think it is. And this is kind of a tough question out of 10,000 cases, but could you share, obviously keeping all confidentiality and everything, but could you share one that really sticks with you and it could be the most frightening, it could be the most tender, it could be the most fill in the blank, but one that really does stick with you? 
my most challenging case really uh, was what I call the Rosewood Inn. That's not the name of the place. I, I sign a lot of NDAs when I do uh, spaces. Sure. So I can't, especially spaces that are still hosting people, sure. <laughs> which a lot of them are. Um, so I can't ever say those actual names. Uh, knock on wood, though, I, I will say I've only signed one NDA for a person. So that's pretty great in all my years of practice. I feel good about that because people trust me. Uh, but yeah, so this was an inn that was about to reopen. It had been closed for a while and they were renovating this inn and I was called in right before they were supposed to open again. Uh, it was like a new owner and you know, all that stuff. And um, anyway, the the long short of it was I, I walked in pretty cocky because I thought I knew what it was gonna be. <laughs> and the entity that was in that place was one of the scariest I've ever encountered. Um, it was it was a version of what I call a collector, which is an entity that holds a space, but it's usually a space of mass trauma where a lot of people died. And what it'll do is it'll keep mm. the deceased people to scare the living. So it mm. uses the deceased people like batteries, if you will, to take energy charges from people who walk in and they'll pick a lot of high traffic areas. And this was, and was going to be again. So they had had a massive fire at one point way back when, and so all these deceased people are in the space. Now, normally what happens in a space like that is you go in and you have to communicate with all the deceased people first and release them so that there's no battery anymore. And then you take the entity out of the space. Mm -hmm. This particular space, the, the deceased people did not want to leave. Like they were like the, the entity had essentially infected them like a virus. And huh. it was the only time where I was actually touched, like grabbed by the entity, which they wow. normally cannot do at all. Um, there's a certain amount of things they can do and they can move energy and they can, in spaces in particular, they can pull, I mean, they can pull a whole space down <laughs> if they want to, like they're, it's, they're pretty strong. But this one actually just grabbed and reached out. Like I still have a scar from this situation. Um, and I, anyway, the end of it was the entity is not in there anymore, but it's not quite banished either. Um, so it's still out there. So it's, it's just, a, it's a crazy story. And in fact, we, we are actually out, we're, we're bringing that story hopefully to the big screen for you soon. So you can see the whole thing, but yeah, it was mm -hmm. crazy because I keep journals of all my stories. So. So if you're going into a case like that and you know this is a highly charged place, is there a version of bringing in the big guns in addition to yourself? Do you bring on other team members or clergy or something like that to kind of prepare yourself for a battle as opposed to maybe a place where you would feel very comfortable going in just by yourself? Is it, or, or are you able to handle all this just by yourself? I don't usually like to bring people in just because I feel responsible for them. Mm -hmm. So I don't like that feeling, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't like, I like, understand I, that. you know, like even doing something as, as simple as like celebrity exorcism, you know, you have crew members, you have all kinds of people in the space with you. And I, even if they don't believe in anything that's going on in the space, I still feel an obligation to make sure that they're safe. So I still went around and made sure everyone was protected and taken care of just in case of anything. Um, so for me, 
it's hard to bring people in. I'd rather, as crazy as it sounds, I'd rather deal with all of these things myself because I feel like once I can assess the situation, then I know what to do. Uh, on occasion, though, for like collectors or even like if it's a realm walker, it, it's sometimes good to bring in a medium who just specializes in deceased people because mm -hmm. then you don't have to spend your time doing that. Someone else can do that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, um, is there ever anything that you've encountered, and maybe that was one, that you felt like, uh, ooh, I can't handle this, one that was too big for you, or you feel that you've always been able, at least at some way to to neutralize or like in that case uh it keep kind of keep this at bay you've always felt up to the task even if it's a challenge so far <laughs> <laughs> you know right because i'm still doing this right my cases are not so i was in a meeting um not that long ago uh I, I, you know what i'm just gonna say i was in a meeting with blumhouse uh not that long ago and and Brian, who was a friend of mine, been a friend of mine for years, asked asked this question and he was like, so do you think that this particular thing is, you know, the, like the most difficult you've ever had? And mm -hmm. I was like, so far, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, like I'm still literally doing it's It's not like the Warrens, right? You know, who right. their cases are done and they can say, you know, definitively, this was the worst thing I ever encountered. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could still be coming. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, uh, <laughs> one thing, you know, I've talked to a lot of people over the years about the supernatural. I'm not an investigator. I'm not a uh, psychic by any means. Uh, I'm just uh, a guy who asks questions. The, the one thing that has disturbed me the most, though, and people will say, oh, it's some scary ghost story or some demonic story. It's not. The thing that disturbs me most is this whole concept of stuck souls. Oh. I like to think that we live in a just universe and somewhere down the road, you know, maybe somebody was poor or disadvantaged in this life, but if they were a good person, somewhere beyond lies or reward. Um, I don't like to think that that person might be stuck in eternity, in a bad situation, that you're stuck. Is that just something that they've come up with the ghost shows, something to talk about, you know, <laughs> oh, go to the light, go to the light. Do you think that's overblown or do you think stuck souls are a real thing? You know, I never look at it as stuck, I, I guess, from my experience, because I can't speak for anybody else, obviously. But from my experience, it's always a deceased person who is afraid to move on more than stuck. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have someone who, and I've encountered this, you know, in those areas of mass trauma uh, quite a few times, like I had one, one particular um, place that I exercised where it was a lot of old mob stuff and there were a lot of deceased people who'd done a lot of terrible things and were afraid to move on because they thought they were going someplace terrible after that. But, you know, having conversations with them, which is what I do, um, I find I find out like, you know, do you what are you worried about is going to be next for you? Because it's really not terrible. What's next for them? Are there life lessons and things that people need to learn? Sure. Um, but most stuck souls are just people who don't know how to get out of the loop um, or just don't want to yet. Interesting. Interesting. What is your perspective on a hell? 
Um, some people I talk to very much believe in and other people think, no, that's just something that was created to keep people in line. Where do you come down on that question? You know, that's a tough one. I mean, entities come from somewhere. I don't exactly know where, <laughs> you know, they've got their own place they come from. Uh, but as far as deceased people go, that's not anything that I've ever encountered. So in other words, you know, whenever I talk to spirit about this or um, on very rare occasion, I also do um, seances essentially for friends, just for friends and family, mm -hmm. <laughs> like once a year, um, not not for the public, but just for, you know, uh, my own people. Uh, anytime I've talked to deceased people about this, it seems like hell is really what people go through when they have to take responsibility for actions that they didn't take here when they were alive. Mm. Okay. Like in other words, you, you don't get out of that. You don't get a free pass. <laughs> so if you are someone who did not take responsibility for negative things that you did here, even if they are small, like not small, but you know, we're not just talking about murder or something, you know, if right. you were someone who did things to people, um, you still have to be accountable for that when you pass. So I, Maybe that's people's versions of hell. I I don't know, but nothing nothing like um, that you see in in movies or cartoons or you know. Now, how do we go about raising our own frequency and connecting to good spirits? Uh, what are some of the methodologies that you recommend for maybe people who are interested but don't necessarily consider themselves to be particularly psychic? You know, I think firstly, what you have to do is ask. So, you know, people have this weird idea and I get this in my comments all the time because I teach people how to do this 30 day connection to spirit, which is essentially, you know, opening up to spirit and just asking for spirit to connect to you. And so people always put in the comments and, and I guess this is a religious teaching probably, but it, it's always like, oh no, you can't ask for anything because you're just opening yourself up to bad things. Mm -hmm. The reality is though that that's completely false because the negative things don't need your consent. They don't need you to open up. They don't need you to ask. The negative things attach without you knowing and the negative things don't want you knowing they're there. Whereas high beings and all the good things, you know, whatever you consider it, angels, God, source, you know, uh, those things connect to you when you ask because they do believe in free will and they do want to be asked. So the more that you say, okay, spirit, let's say, you know, um, I would like to be able to hear you more or receive your messages more or raise my vibration or do any of these things, the more you'll start to see. So once you do that, your job is to pay attention essentially and see you know, repeating numbers and patterns and feathers and things like coins, all this stuff is how they first start communicating with you before you can actually do it, you know, yourself. So the more you ask, the more you receive, the more you say, okay, I'm not sure what to do. I need help with something. You'll get that help. It's really just that simple. I know it sounds crazy, but we complicate everything. Spirit is very simple. No, that's true. Humans do complicate everything. <laughs> we make we? it complicated. <laughs> and we make it very complicated. Um, so you talked a little bit about 
exorcism and Catholicism and the misperceptions. In general, what do you think are some of the misperceptions that pop culture, TV, movies, books, whatever, get wrong about the supernatural realm from your experience? What are the things that are just ginned <laughs> up to like get people, you know, like tuning in and, and clicking sure. and so forth? And which things are, you know, more real? What are your thoughts? Well, first things I think is that entities in particular are always like movie style entities that are coming for this girl on a farm, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, and just decide to terrorize her whole family and then kill everyone for no reason. That's one, because that's just, it doesn't happen like that at all. Um, or that they jump from person to person to person. They can't actually do that at all either. And then with deceased people, I think it, it makes me laugh because it's always deceased people are scary all the time. Scary. Right. Like not that they were ever just people, who happened to be dead, <laughs> you know? Right, because like all of we're a all going to get scary. there sooner or later. <laughs> I know, and I always think that's so funny. I'm like, every single diseased person is is now trying to haunt you in a terrible way. Like, that's not what happens. <laughs> it's just not what happens. Like, if your grandmother was an awesome person and she passes, then she's still pretty great. And whenever she visits, she's going to be pretty great. And vice versa, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you're a jerk in life, you're probably going to be a jerk dead person <laughs> well hopefully hopefully i won't be a jer jerk in the afterlife hopefully i'm okay now um so words of recommendation for people who want to tune into this you talked about it a little bit before but uh, before we go certainly we want to talk about how people can connect with you get your book uh any other projects you want to share with folks but what would be some final words of wisdom uh, for our audience today before we get to that you know, I think just try to be a good person. You know, it's really hard. Like I, the state of the world today is rough, you know, and it's, it's, it's bleak. Uh, but we each have the capacity to make things better. And if you just do one kind thing for a person every day, just one for an animal, for yourself, for someone else, You'll raise your vibration, you'll protect yourself, but you'll also be spreading some kindness into the world. And we really, really could use that right now. It's really interesting because uh, I don't know that I've ever had anybody say that. And I think that's one of the cooler things <laughs> I've ever had anybody to say. I mean, um, for my campfire store, a show where people come on, I try to be very supportive of their stories and very open to them. And, and somebody said, well, you're like the Bob Ross of the paranormal, which I thought was a great compliment. But the point is, is that, you know, there's. There's nothing wrong with being a good person. You know, I, I, I think that's just oh. more people just tried to be kind in their own. That doesn't mean that we all agree about everything. We're not going to all agree about everything. And I think that's personally, I think that's a problem we have in our world today. You have to think what I think or you're an evil person, you know, but if we could just be kind, open the door for somebody, let somebody in and traffic, um, you know, uh, help the help the elderly uh, neighbor. If you live in a neighborhood like I do, maybe shovel, shovel their walk if it snows. You know, little stuff like that. And if everybody did that, it would add up. And I think both in our life here on Earth and spiritually, it would just be so much a, a better place. Just and I'm not. Yeah, always. it would change I mean, the world. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I, I think I'm a pretty nice person, and sometimes I'll be in traffic for blah 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 blah. blah, blah. You know, I'll say things I shouldn't say. Uh, but then think about that person just cut you off. Maybe they're rushing, 
uh, to the bedside of a sick uh, parent. Uh, right. Maybe they just had a really bad day or maybe they're a jerk. But, you know, you don't have to be a jerk because they're a jerk. And I always try to remind exactly. myself of that and uh, don't always succeed, but I try. <laughs> <laughs> I had I try. literally yesterday I was coming back from picking someone up at the airport and it was last night and I was driving and there was a green light and this girl completely ran a red light. She oh, stopped. Dangerous. Right. But she stopped and realized and then backed herself up. But you could tell that she was just like, she had no idea what was going on. And you don't right. know what's going on with that girl right now. That's right. You know, that's you right. just don't. You don't know if someone just died. Right. You don't know anything. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, we do know what's going on with Rachel Stavis. She has a lot going on. 10,000 people plus. That's a God, lot. That is nuts. <laughs> that is. Uh, also, you have her book here, Sister of Darkness, The Chronicles of a Modern Exorcist, which uh, you can get. And I was looking. It's on a hardcover, paperback, Kindle, and um, uh, Audible. I mean, it's audiobooks. It's, it's everything, right? I think so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much any. And I saw it there on Amazon, and I'm assuming you can uh, get it from your local bookstore as well if you ask for it. Sure. Uh, tell us what else is uh, going on and what else you'd like to direct people to. Yeah, so uh, obviously my Instagram and my TikTok are where I post all my things. So that's just my name, uh, R.H. Stavis. And then, um, you know, right now we are taking Sister of Darkness, uh, we are turning it into a TV series. So we're working on that uh, at the moment, literally at the moment. And then, um, as I had said before, I have so many unpublished journals of all of these crazy uh, cases that I've worked on that we are now uh, bringing to film. So it's, it's a crazy time. There's just so much going on. It's really busy, but uh, very exciting. And I'm excited to share all of these stories with everyone and, and hope everyone likes it. <laughs> well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. You've been a very kind person today. We appreciate it. And so good to, to spend some time with you. I hope you have a great 2024 and you have great success in all of those projects. And they can find you at R.H. Stavis on Instagram and TikTok, correct? Yes, yes. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you for joining us today on the Paranormal Podcast. We appreciate it very much. And uh, if you didn't realize, there is a full video version of this show on YouTube, and it is a full video version of me and Rachel talking. That is a new thing starting this week. The Paranormal Podcast every week will have the audio show, just like you heard. As always, nothing changes there. We've been doing that for 18 years. We're not going to stop now. But the same content will be on YouTube in a true video form. I know we've been posting for the last several months the audio with just a static slide. Well, from now on, it's going to be posted full video interview. Uh, and we have a great one coming up next week already that we've recorded. And we're hard at work. And it does add quite a bit of work to do video, true video. But I think it's worth it. And I hope you enjoy it. And if you're not a video person and you love that multitasking ability, rest assured, we'll still be right here as we've been for almost two decades now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so please help me honor my New Year's resolution to encourage you in each and every show to share the show right from your favorite podcast app that you listen to. When, of course, you're somewhere safe to do so, I would appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. Stay safe, share the show, and stay spooky. Bye-bye.
Are you disappointed the show is over? Well, I've got good news. Do you want access to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews with paranormal authors and experts on all types of topics not available on my free feeds? Well, go to jimharrellplus.com and click on the banner with my face and get all the details. There's a couple of great versions of the Plus Club, the Apple Podcast version, the Libsyn version. All the details are over there. Go over there to jimharrellplus.com. Click on that banner. And not only will you get over 800 episodes of the Paranormal Podcast no longer on the free feeds, you'll get access to interview shows exclusive to the Plus Club, Shows like Ancient Mysteries on the Air, The Cryptid Report, Ghost Insight, The Other Side, UFO Encounters. I bet you, you may not even have known these shows exist, but they're all in my Paranormal Plus Club that you can access via the Spooky Studio app or my Spooky Studio channel on Apple Podcasts. So get all the information over at jimheraldplus.com and click on the banner, and I'll see you in the club.